everybody, it is time for another episode of the KickCast. As you can see, I am not in the studio, and Drew is not here. I am in Las Vegas, Nevada, for the 2016 Consumer Electronics Show. We are actually in the Indiegogo Pavilion. We're have the, they brought a handful of their projects here. Um, but this is not all the Indiegogo projects they have, or crowdfunding projects in general. They actually have over 100 projects here, and it's spread out everywhere. So what we decided to do, or well, what I decided to do, because Drew's not here either. We miss you, Drew. Come back. Come back, Drew. Um, is, is stop by some booths and talk to them. Some of these pro are projects that are funded. Some of these haven't, or are funding, or have their projects going on right now. So I hope you guys enjoy. All right, guys, we are here back at CES 2016. I am here with Andrew, and you guys have a pretty cool um, project that you that you just barely yeah. launched yesterday, right? Yeah, we launched <laughs> it yesterday, early in the morning. All right. And, uh, yeah, it's been live since then. So tell everybody a little bit about what you guys are actually crowdfunding. Yeah, so we're here for Chip, and uh, Chip is the world's first lovable robot dog. And uh, I, I don't say that lately. I say that uh, knowing that Chip is actually a dog that, that forms according to your likes and dislikes. He does all the normal things. He'll play fetch with you, do cool tricks, while being completely autonomous in your home. But based on your likes and dislikes that you, single, you signal with a smart band, uh, his personality actually begins to change. So that actually creates uh, an emotional uh, attachment to, to the toy. And then that's what we're aiming at. Oh, that, that's pretty cool. So how far are you in development? Uh, we're in tooling already. Wow. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's re that's really good yeah. to know. Yeah. Um, so, like, you you've obviously probably had interaction with Chip in the background and stuff. So, what's one of the yeah. favorite your favorite things that it can do? My favorite thing that Chip could do, I, I really for me, it's that uh, the the AI and the machine learning, I, I guess you could say, brain behind Chip that makes all the other features great. Um, the features are amazing, but the the backbone is really that. Um, really that it becomes unique to each owner. So I have to ask because, you know, Wowie's the company that's making chip and yeah. most people know them from kind of their like robots and everything that they've yeah. built over the years on theirs. Why did you guys decide to go crowdfunding this time? So we decided to go crowdfunding this time um, really to get closer to the customer earlier in the year. I mean, for us, what happens is it'll be on retail shelves in August, September, and by then, Everything about the product has been decided. There's no going back. If we engage the customer now, in January, we get real feedback on every little piece of the product. Um, and in doing so, not only we could, can we make maybe the messaging resonate more, but we could also possibly make improvements to the product. Even though we're already started on tooling, you know, there are definitely things that, by listening to this Indiegogo early adopter crowd, um, that we can end up putting a better product in customers' hands, and that's the most important part. So I know you just barely launched less than 24 hours now. Um, how has the feed feedback been so far in the first 24 hours? Feedback's been great. There hasn't been much conversation on the Indiegogo page. We might have to kind of engage it more. But as far as raising, uh, we're over 50% right now. So yeah, it's good, it's good. I, it's, it's just, um, Chip is a cute little guy that does some cool things and, and people are responding well to it. I mean, and we're happy about it. So that, that's really cool. So if people want to, so how long is your campaign going for? Uh, 30 more days. 30 more days. So that means you're, so you, you're on the team, are you on the crowdfunding team right now? What? Uh, I guess you could yep. say, yeah. So have you had any like moments of sleep so far after you launched or just kind of wondering if that number is ever going to go up? You know, no, I slept last night. Uh, two nights ago I didn't sleep. <laughs> two nights ago. 
we got woken up at four in the morning with there's no such thing as a perfect launch yeah. So, like, is there anything, like, you specifically made sure in the project that you're like, hey, we got to make sure we feature this in, in the Indigo pro project so people know about it? I think it was just, it's important that uh, it's not just a product, but that it's something that will connect with people. So I'd say just, it's important uh, that in everything that we did, that we framed it in a way, what I would, what I was pushing for is in a way that it, it, uh, get connected on a real level, on an emotional level with with uh, with the customer. Alright, so if people are interested in backing the project, where should they go? They should go to chipk9.com. So chip, the letter K, the number nine dot com. And uh, yeah, help us help us fill that goal. Help us build a better product for for, for everybody. Alright. Sweet Andrew, thank you so much. I mean like this hall is just jumping right now, so I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Thank All right. you. Alright guys, more from CES after this. All right, guys, we are here at ADV Sound at CES 2016. I am here with Peter, and one of the things that I come to CES for is I am a huge audiophile. I am always looking for a new experience, especially companies that I've never heard of. So tell people at home a little bit about what you guys do. Okay. Um, uh, my name is Peter Yoon. Uh, we're uh, from a company called um, ADV Sound. Uh, we're uh, three, of, uh, three of us uh, who are really passionate about sound, and. Uh, um, that we are three of us that, that want to bring uh, audiophile sound to the consumer level uh, pricing. Um, and that's, uh, that's uh, really been the, the driving force uh, of, uh, of, our, of our business. Um, we started um, this September, uh, or last September, uh, through a Kickstarter campaign, um, which, uh, which was successfully funded. Uh, this, this is it. This is uh, our M4 earphones. Um, and uh, the idea was to um, really bring that, that neutral sound signature, uh, which audiophiles uh, uh, tend, to, tend to like, into a consumer level. Usually, uh, a pair like those um, costs around $100 retail. And we really brought that down to $40. Um, by reducing our margin and just really sacrificing wholesale um, so that we can, we can reach out to the end users directly um, at a price that works for, for everybody. So why did you actually decide to go the Kickstarter route instead of kind of more of a traditional business model? Uh, because we uh, didn't have a lot of money uh, and, uh, you know, uh, to, to develop something and and to, to go into a mass production, um, it, the, the funding is required. And, uh, and Kickstarter um, has always been something that I've been involved with. Uh, had a, a few other campaigns that I've tried to run, run before, um, have failed, have some successes in the past. So that's, uh, it's a platform that I was p familiar with. Um, and I wanted to reach out to the, to the, to the end users uh, the most effective way. So for everybody who doesn't know, how well did your campaign go? Uh, it did okay, I think. Um, for uh, We didn't spend any money uh, on marketing. Uh, it was really only the, the word of mouth um, that our friends and family uh, that uh, helped us and, and the, the musicians um, from, from Brooklyn, local musicians uh, from underground, local musicians from, from Brooklyn uh, really helped us um, uh, spreading the word. Uh, and we did about 56000 uh, dollars. 
So, do you have any tips for anybody who's considering crowdfunding, and you know, any, you know, anything that would help them lead lead them towards a more successful route, or something that you like, you wish if you could go back and fix, you would do? Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing is to make a product that you love, and um, I I feel that that's what's missing nowadays in crowdfunding is where. Um, these uh, creators go and try to analyze the market and see what's missing and to try to fill the gap. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's how I see or how we see uh, where the failures, a lot of failures come from. Um, I think the, the story really has to resonate with uh, the people that you're trying to reach out. So that starts from a product that you believe in. And, uh, and it was this was the product that we believed in. And then so, obviously people want, wanted it because you have a successful product on there. So what, have, what has been some of the feedback that you've gotten from your backers? We just delivered uh, about two weeks ago, uh, about a week or two, week, two weeks ago, um, and uh, people seem to be in love with it. Uh, it's, uh, if, you, if you go to our Kickstarter page, there's comment section. Um, and you can check out all the feedback that, that people have been leaving um, us. Uh, there are a couple people that, that are, you know, inclined uh, to a warmer sound signature. Of course, that's a preference. Um, but overall, uh, very people are uh, genuinely excited about our product um, because it's different. Yeah. So I have to ask, did you sleep at all during the campaign or like the month after when you're like trying to figure everything out? Yeah, uh, usually no sleep at all. Uh, and I think uh, you would hear that from anybody you talk to that's, that's run a Kickstarter campaign before. Yeah. So I, I know I was, I was talking to Joe that you're planning on another one. So give everybody kind of a little preview on what you're planning up next. Okay. Um, I don't know if, uh, if it can be uh, on the camera much. But I guess uh, there's a bigger picture of it over there. Um, it's a, it's a, we're, we're working on a five-driver hybrid um, in-ear monitor um, geared uh, really for true audiophiles. Um, this is usually a, a kind of a setup that goes uh, around $600 to, uh, to $1,000 uh, retail price. Um, and we're, we're trying to bring that down to uh, $300. Um, and uh, you know, um, this product, uh, we're really pouring our heart into it because we were we're able to do this through uh, the support of our backers for the first campaign. Um, and uh, obviously, we we love cars, um, and uh, and a lot of passion uh, mixed into mixed into the, the inception of the concept. Uh, but uh, uh, the body will be stainless steel. Uh, we're using the top-of-the-line uh, materials, uh, such as a carbon fiber insert, real carbon fiber here. Um, and, the, and the cable we're using is silver-plated, um, actual silver-plated, uh, with the ground wiring that, that uh, blocks the electromagnetic uh, interference so that you, know, you don't, the, the sound is pure and clear. And uh, we're, we're approaching this at no compromising level um, at a price where it's affordable. Um, I guess three hundred dollars. It, it, it depends. Uh, it depends on your perspective. I guess uh, if it's affordable or not. But compared to what's out in the market, um, we believe that it is. Yeah, and 
as, as someone who collects way too many headphones for his own good, $300 is actually a reasonable price uh -huh. for me on there. So if people are interested in keeping track and knowing when you guys launch your project, where should they go? Uh, well, um, we will uh, have uh, uh, periodic updates uh, through our uh, Facebook page, of course. It's, uh, uh, I believe, uh, facebook.com slash ADV sound without a dot, but it could be with a dot. So I, I um, yeah, you can. You well, can we'll put, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure we'll put it in a show notes. Put the right one, <laughs> right link on the bottom, or. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it'll be the best way to uh, to find the the uh, status of the of the project. All right, Peter, thank you for taking time talking to us. Like, I I really love what you guys are doing because as a person who like enjoys high quality sound, I always wanted to be more accessible to people. But you know, not everybody can afford to buy really nice headphones and spend tons of money on there. So I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Thanks for stopping by. All right, guys, more from CES after this. All right, guys, we are here back, still at um, CES 2016, still hopping. I am here with Justin of First Build, and when, you know, when we first were introduced, I was like, this is a guy we got to talk to because you use Indiegogo in, I'd say, more of a unique method that some people don't think of when they think of crowdfunding in general. So tell everybody a little bit of what you could do. Yeah, so I work at a, at a company named First Build, and we're a wholly owned subsidiary of GE Appliances. And what we do is we build, we're an open source facility. If you came to Louisville, Kentucky, and you walked in the door, it wouldn't cost you anything. You could come in, you could work on your personal projects. Uh, you could work, help work on our projects and receive contributions for those. We are open and transparent to everyone that, that is interested in us. So we really invite people in to the process of product development. And along with that, we want to design, build, and sell product. And so uh, what we try to do is build product as quickly as we can, prove that there's a market for it, and then we'll, we'll, launch, uh, we'll launch that product. And we used Indiegogo uh, to do that. We've done that successfully for two campaigns this past year in 2015, and we hope to do more of that in 2016. So how, how, how different it is, is it to kind of use Indiegogo and kind of go direct to the consumer first before kind of going to those big guys who usually which is a traditional way you'd normally do it. Yeah, traditionally in the appliance market, you know, we, we lean heavily on either either uh, market research or, uh, you know, we, we deal with big box retailers, we deal with small independent guys that are spread all over the country. And, and so it's really tough to kind of test markets with our products because we're a white good. Um, but what we found is with Indiegogo, we're able to, to stick it out there in front of a lot of people and then get a really quick gauge on whether or not this is a successful project. And so when we have a successful campaign, we, we can then go back to GE and say, this is something we know will make money and it will save us. Uh, so typically our design cycles uh, can be up to two years long and they can require heavy investment. When you're talking about high volume manufacturing, it's very heavy tooling, uh, millions of dollars are spent. And then if the product's not a success, um, you've, you've lost a lot of that, that capital. And so what we're hoping to do is really reduce that de design cycle, get it out there fast, uh, actually get prove that there's a market before we actually tool anything up, and then we can find out uh, if we can be more successful at launching uh, products that are going to be successful. So um, you've had two successful projects, you know, and I, both of them went beyond their goals, right? Yes. On their, um, so, do you have any tips for anybody who's thinking of starting their own project or anything or any wise words that you would give them? Uh, I would say um, 
it, I would say really, really believe and be passionate about what you're doing. If you are passionate about what you're doing, then that will come across through the campaign and you will pour your heart into it. It takes a lot of work to, to launch the campaign, uh, but the more work you put in up front um, and communicating the passion that you have for the product that you're launching, uh, the better, the more people will receive that and they'll get excited about it too. So what's next on the docket for you? So the next product that we are launching this year uh, through Indiegogo and hopefully this summer, uh, we'll be launching a, a fast cold brewer. And uh, we're very early in this project. You can see the prototype right over here. It's very uh, crude, but it was, but it did, it was successful and it worked. So we're very excited to show that here. As I said, we're transparent, um, and we are excited to to launch that. And it, what it will do is it will brew cold brew coffee, which generally takes 12 to 24 hours because it's brewed at room temperature, and it's going to shorten that time frame to under 10 minutes. And so it's going to make cold brew coffee accessible, just like your home brew your home uh, drip coffee brewers are today. So you don't have to plan the night before in order to have cold brew the next day. You can wake up, decide, I would like some cold brew today, and maybe I want more than one pot. And so I can do that without having lots of extra equipment in my, in my kitchen. So if people are interested in keeping up with what um, First Build is going, doing and everything, where should they go? So I would first go to firstbuild.com. You can see not just the projects that are here, but all of our projects. You can also jump on there sign in you can vote on ideas up and down everyone gets a vote everyone with a sign in the sign in is totally free you can also submit your own ideas and uh, if your ideas are chosen there are there are also contributions you can receive down the line um, the next place i would go if you're interested in, in learning more about the cold brewer go to fastcoldbrew.com and uh and, and check out our updates we'll be keeping a live blog as we as we move forward all right, Justin, thank you for taking time to talk to us. I mean, I, I love the experience that you have and, you know, just some of those insights because we tell a lot of people on our show, crowdfunding is a viable place to see if you have a market or not. And I, I don't know why not a lot more people do it on there. And you, you tend to find all those people who are like, well, we just need to go manufacture something. I'm like, well, you know, there's so many more opportunities that you can go into it. So right. thank you so much, man. Thank you, Kevin. All right, guys, more from CES after this. All right, guys, we are here at CES 2016. We are in Eureka Park right now where it's crazy busy. I am here with Steven of Crazy Baby, and you have you know, one of the coolest things out here right now. So tell everybody at home a little bit about what you guys are showing off. Okay, uh, we, we, uh, we created on 2014 and uh, uh, December uh, when we eat with my partner and we thought there's um, nothing on the market can uh, make us a passion. So we want to create something can set, satisfy ourselves. So we build um, this auto levitation hi-fi uh, speaker. Yeah. So um, you funded this on Indiegogo, of course, on there. So why did you decide to go that route instead of trying to just like finding funds on your own through like a VC or something? Um, as you know, um, Indiegogo is a crowdfunding um, platform, and we want to put it on and uh, um, gather how many people like us uh, would uh, like the, the, this kind of product. Uh, so we want to get uh, quick feedback from market. So we go, go to the Indiegogo. How well did your project do? Um, going well, and we on the Indiegogo we profound over more than 18. Uh, 800,000. 
together. So that, that was well beyond what you were looking for, right? Yes. So how's the feedback from kind of the Indiegogo community been for you so far? Uh, so far, now we are just uh, finished, uh, almost finished the shipping now. And, uh, and uh, uh, there's only a, a little part of uh, US uh, supporters, they haven't received their uh, mass, but they will receive soon, I promise. Yeah. So if you could go back and change something about your Indiegogo pr project to make it a little bit easier and work better for you, what would you do? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> so what do you think you did right, though? Yes, of course, we did right things. So, well, what was one of the things that you did that really helped to get a lot of people interested in backing your project? Uh, yes, it's a kind of feeling, and it can satisfy people's feeling. Make makes you feel good, feel um, outstanding, different with others. Yeah. So, would you do Indiegogo again? Uh, maybe. <laughs> All right. So, um, I know that now that you you've, you're shipping it and everything, you're using the in-demand, right, to kind of get more people who, if they want to get it, uh, after. Yes. So, how's your experience with that going? Um, that's going well. Um, something like a retailer, and uh, um, also, also we we have U.S. Uh, distributor on Amazon now, um, but we also uh, haven't uh, other country like uh, Europe. We, we don't have distributors, so uh, in Google in the model is uh, quite well for us. So if people want to get one now. Where should they go? Uh, now it's on Amazon. Yes, Amazon is available, and uh, Indiegogo in demand now is uh, we will uh, cover back uh, recently. And then, so what should they search for if they want to get it? Uh, just search uh, Crazy Baby or Mars or Mars by Crazy Baby. All right, Stephen, thank you so much. This is way cool on there. And if you guys can't see this at home, the speaker's actually floating on that. So that is that is way cool. So thank you for your time, man. Thank you. All right, guys, more from CES after this. All right, guys, we are here back at CES 2016. I am here with Dylan at the Sprightly booth, and I had to stop and talk with these guys. These guys are so enthusiastic about what, what they have, and plus it's something that probably could help me out, as Dito and Rev Cry can attest. Getting me out of bed is nearly impossible. So, Dylan, welcome to the show. Tell everybody at home a little bit about what Sprightly is. Sure. So Sprightly is a thin bed sensor strip that goes between your mattress and your box spring, and it connects via Bluetooth to our mobile app. So you set alarm times on it, and in the morning when the alarm starts going off, it'll actually only stop sounding if you physically get out of bed, and it'll continue if you get back in. However, when we went through user testing, we found out that was kind of a relentless wake-up, and like if you were underslept, it might yank you out of bed. So we added a bunch of sleep analytics features that will long-term improve your sleep habits, and hopefully you won't even need the alarm. It'll just be insurance that you'll never get out of bed a minute late. Sweet. This is, I mean, this is a great idea. Where did you guys come up with the idea? So it was actually a senior electrical engineering product at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. And the team came together, turned it into a real business. We went through an accelerator this summer, and it's just been going ever since. We got some funding, and here we are, so excited to be at CES. So in your user testing so far, how, how has the response been? Oh, I mean, everyone loved it, but when you wake up, you kind of have this alter ego with one objective in mind, and that's get five more minutes of sleep. So our users, they would unplug it, they would turn off their phones, we had this one guy who would put his head and shoulders on the edge of the bed and his feet in an office chair so the sensor actually wouldn't detect him. So since then, we put put backup batteries if you unplug it, a buzzer in the sensor if you turn off your phone, and a calibration process that makes it accurate for all areas of the bed, even just the edge. So how long does the battery last? 
The battery will last for three weeks, but primarily it's you know charged by an outlet. On there, and so how, what's the install procedure? What do you have to do to actually get it in, in the bed? So it's really simple. You just slide it underneath the mattress, and you honestly never have to see it again. The whole user experience is in our app. So you download that from the App Store, and I mean the calibration process is pretty easy. You just sit in five various positions. You know, there's one like this. There's one where you sit on the edge of the bed. I don't have to walk you through the whole thing, but yeah. On there. So is it iOS and Android? Yeah, it's iOS and Android, and we're also working on Windows in the background. However, that won't be available for this crowdfunding campaign coming up on January 19th. So speaking of crowdfunding, why did you guys decide to go the Indiegogo route? Um, Indiegogo actually found us in the spring. We got us. We went somewhat viral in the spring, not really viral, but you know we had a few media pickups. And my good friend Udion Sinha reached out to us. Um, Luna, Bedjet, there's been a lot of really big sleep tech campaigns in the crowdfunding space, and they believe that we're going to be the next big one. So we've been having a weekly call with them. They help set us up with a marketing agency and a video firm, and just general guidance to make sure we're going in the right direction. So you're getting really close to launching the project. Do you have any jitters right now or anything you're like, did I cover this or did I not? Honestly, coming into the show, yeah, because you know, nine out of ten startups fail. A lot of crowdfunding campaigns don't make it, and you know, I'm confident always every crowdfunder is. But there was always that chance it wouldn't work. But these last two days have been the most validating experience in my life. People love it. They're getting on the bed. They're signing up for the email list. So honestly, I wish it was starting tomorrow. Yeah. So I'll give you one piece of advice. Once you hit that launch button, just don't plan on sleeping for the next 24 hours. <laughs> I just. Anybody I've talked to, they're just like, yeah, I'm, all, I'm just checking constantly just to make sure we're getting something on there. So if people are interested, what should they search for when you guys launch? So you can check out our website at sprightly.me, which is actually on the back of my shirt. I'll show you in a sec. You can go to Indiegogo at Sprightly, or Twitter at sprightly.me. Any of those would work. And then what's the your intro tier going to look like? What, what's the intro pricing going to look like? Oh, so it'll be $79 for the first 50 backers. That's the early bird. Then 89 will be the next early bird. And ultimately, the crowdfunding campaign will offer it for $99. We plan to eventually retail at $119. Sweet. Dylan, thank you so much for talking to us. It is like a busy haul on here. But I, I love this idea on there. Everybody keep an eye on this. We'll tweet out when you guys launch. Great. So if everybody want, if somebody wants to get on the early bird backers, they'll see it from us on there. So thank you so great much. Great talking to you, Kevin. All right, great talking to you. Thank you. All right, guys, more from CES after this. All right, guys, we are here back at CES 2013. I am here with Christian and JBL, and you guys are actually going to crowdfund something pretty cool. So tell everybody at home a little bit about it. So we're looking at crowdfunding audio augmented reality. And what you see here I'm holding are the JBL Everest 700 line. They just got released and they're the Harman's first software-based headphones. So the cool thing about that is that we'll be able to add features because they're software-based. So we're going to crowdfund the next feature. And essentially, have you ever been sitting at home trying to just get work done, but or you're sitting at a cubicle at your desk and essentially someone's calling your name and you can't hear them? Well, these headphones will allow your name to be recognized, it'll lower the music and be able to say, hey Kevin, your name's being called. Essentially, those are the key elements. Imagine this in sports headphones where you're going out on a running and you're trying to avoid being hit by the car. Essentially, you'll see there in this video we've got going, they're selectively letting in the sounds. It's all about personalization. We wanted this to be the ultimate personalized headset so it meets your needs, right? So you pick the sound you hear when you want to hear it. That's really what it's about. That's great. So, um, how hard is like programming it and everything? Well, so essentially, this will come with the JBL My app, and there you'll be able to select profiles of preset sounds that you'll be able to push through. Essentially, if you're going biking, you know how people are always like on your right, on your left. 
those will be the kinds of things that will be programmed for a biking profile. If you're at work and you only want to be bothered if your name gets called, then that would be there. So it's a matter of selecting a simple profile on an app. Oh, that, that's way cool. So why did you guys decide to go crowdfunding? Well, the reality is, Harman doesn't need the crowdfunding cash necessarily, but we want to make sure we give the customers what they want, right? So this is the next generation. We're going to go directly to the consumers and actually have them vote with their wallets, essentially saying, we want this feature or not. So if the crowdfunding campaign goes really well, this will come to market a lot faster because we'll be able to have the confidence that we have the market validation. So it's really about giving the consumers what they're looking for. I mean, that, that's great. I mean, that, I, that's almost a theme of what we've been talking to people. Everybody's sort of like, you know, we, we want to make sure there's a market for this before we build it, right? Well, and, and the reality is crowdfunding platforms are a great place for that because essentially, if people are going to buy it ahead of time, you know that you'll be able to really roll it out. The beauty of Harman bringing all of their distribution and marketing power to the table is that they won't be having they'll be getting it there faster than anyone else because they have the experience. They're just trying to say, yes, this is something that people want. And so we're really excited about getting the feedback on this and making people having truly personalized headphones and many more features that we're thinking about to go through this. So is the project live now or when are you guys live? That project. In about a month we're trying to go live. So we're getting all of the interest right now. We actually had a lot of people come through and leave their emails with us because we want to notify everybody as soon as they're ready. So if people are at home and they want to be notified when you guys go live, where should they go? So I would actually go to customizeyoursoundscape.com and put in your email address there and you'll be notified as soon as possible. So again, customizeyoursoundscape.com. You can also see the video that gives a good demo of the types of things we'll be able to do with the headphone. All right, Christian, thank you so much for talking to us. Like, you're, where you're at right now, it is pretty hopping, so people are coming by, so I appreciate it, man. No, definitely, definitely. Thank you <laughs> so much, right, Kevin. Yep. Yep. All right, guys, more from CES after this. All right, guys, this is, this is a special treat for us because we talk to a lot of your users, but we, we hardly ever talk to you, so we, this is Elisa from Indiegogo. Hi, everyone. Nice how are you, you. you doing today? Oh, man, I'm, I'm hanging in there. It's a good day, though. There's so many amazing things. It's like caffeine overload and amazing innovation. So, yeah, it's good. So, like, when you say crowdfunding, Indiegogo is definitely one of the names that just pops up instantly for most people yeah. on there. So, I just, you know, no need to explain what Indiegogo is. Yeah. And we just wanted to talk to you and to see how, like, where do you think the state of crowdfunding is right now? It is moving so quickly. It's kind of crazy. I've been with the company for two years, and what I would present and speak to then versus now is worlds apart. Um, for instance, before it was just crowdfunding, right? That was a 30 to 60 day campaign. Now Indiegogo's built out a pre-launch strategy pillar and a marketplace. So people are finishing their campaigns. What can they do after that? They can go into a partnership with Brookstone, per se, product design, manufacturing, distribution. They can continue in our in-demand program, continue to have uh, pre-orders for their products. It's just pretty amazing to see how it's changed into this whole e-commerce world after the campaign. Did, did you imagine like two years ago that you'd be here in like this giant area, just all dedicated? No, no we've been here three years. Last year was quite big, um, but this is definitely the largest. I think the best part is how we are featuring all of our amazing campaigners. Quite frankly, Indiegogo is the tool that creates the community, and we wouldn't be here without them and the backers. So it's great to highlight them. All right, so let's get into some of the down dirty, because okay. I know we have a lot of project creators that watch yeah, the show yeah, yeah. on there. 
What are some tips or tricks that you want to let them know if they're deciding on launching a project? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So emails are crucial. You really need to start building out your community as early as possible, whether that is utilizing our beta coming soon product. So you can actually collect emails, let people know, hey, get excited, our Indiegogo campaign is coming. And then the inquiry is to input, and then you can utilize those when you launch rather than starting at zero. You can also do it with a splash page of your choice, but the earlier you plant the seed, the better. That's the core of the onion. If you don't have them on board, you're not going to be able to refer out and continue the growth when the campaign's live. So prep before, always, always. The sooner you can ship, the better. So if you are two months out, great. If you're two years out, I would probably tell you to hold off running the campaign. Trust is crucial. Transparency with your backers, those are some key things. All right. So. Is there anything else people should be looking out for Indiegogo in the next couple months? Next couple months, uh, definitely some more partnerships in the works. Uh, also with our enterprise crowdfunding, it's amazing seeing corporations jumping on board and helping some startups. So it's going to be cool. Marketplace is going to blow up. Keep an eye out. All right. Am I missing anything that you want to highlight or let people know at home? Just go out there, check it out. Go on Indiegogo, explore some of the new exciting projects. And yeah, hope you become a part of the community. All right, yeah. So make sure you guys check it out, Indiegogo.com, of course. I probably spend an unhealthy amount on the website, but. You get lost. <laughs> it's a rabbit hole. Yeah. On there. So thank you so much. Yeah, I, I know your booth is so busy, so awesome. like I appreciate the time, right? Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. All right, guys. More from CS after this. All right, guys. That was another episode of the KitCast. I hope you guys enjoyed some of these interviews. We had we had a great time at CES finding all this stuff. Um, but boy am I tired. <laughs> Talk about four days of filming, finding you guys cool projects to talk about. Um, make sure you guys pay attention to kickcast.net for all the show notes. If you missed out on any of the interviews, check out over there. We'll also be posting these in interviews individually out on there on our YouTube channel, so make sure you guys check that out. And if you want more stuff from CES, make sure you go to ktdata.net. We will be posting all the stuff that we've gotten right here. And, I mean... We will see you guys in two weeks. I'm not even sure when that is, but we will see you in two weeks. And Drew should be back. Yay! <laughs> um, so thank you guys for watching. And I'm going to go find somewhere to sit down or something. So see ya.